Welcome to NKS Talks. I'm Natalia and I'm a coach specialized in bulimia, binge eating and emotional eating recovery. I had bulimia for 10 plus years. I recovered and now I help others do the same. This podcast aims to help those who are going through or went through something similar, but also those who want to grow personally. You can look forward to specific episodes about eating disorders, but also interesting guests, because I'm basically interested in the whole world, from eating disorders and self-development to spirituality, sports, education and health. I help others find food and body freedom. So let's get into it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm really excited about this one because I am talking with the amazing, beautiful, vibrant Sam Altieri. Sam and I met through a Queendom Mastermind, which we are both part of. So I'm really grateful for, yeah, for this opportunity to connect with amazing women from all around the world. And uh, Sam is a beautiful, beautiful soul. So Sam is a business mentor. She is helping coaches and creatives to confidently show up in their life and business. She is a multi-six-figure entrepreneur. She's a podcaster and she's also living full-time in her van with uh, her beautiful partner and a dog living their best life. So yeah, I love following her and her energy is really contagious and you should all definitely follow her. This conversation was amazing. Sam is uh, really, as I said, a beautiful soul and she has so much to offer. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode and you will get to know her and what her mission and purpose in life is. So in this episode, you will learn about how was her childhood, what formed her, what were the pivotal moments that shaped her life and how did she heal her relationship with food as well. We talk a lot uh, about embodiment and practices that she does so that she's more in tune with her body uh, and serves as a better coach as well. So we talk about that, we talk about empowerment and we talk about how to be unapologetically yourself and why is it the time to finally start living your best life and awaken your soul. We also talk about her ADHD diagnosis and how it impacts her. She also gives you some tips on how to um, how to be when you have uh, ADHD and whether or not it's actually her superpower. We talk about her daily rituals and must-dos to keep her feel good both mentally and physically and also about certain changes in her life. So what's her sole mission and purpose in the world today and how she would describe this season of her life and how she feels uh, that also the environment and society, what they're experiencing and therefore what her mission is uh, in this uh, in this season. So I'm really grateful to Sam for coming onto the podcast and sharing her life, her mission, her experiences uh, with us. And yeah, let us know when you're listening to this podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the episode so that we can help even more people. If you want to connect with Sam, there are links in the show notes for you to connect. You can see what programs and coachings she offers. So definitely go check that out and check us on Instagram when you're listening. So without further ado, this is Sam Altieri. 
Sam, I'm so happy to have you here and I'm really excited for this interview because you're such a multifaceted human being and uh, the way I got to know you is through the Queendom Mastermind that we are both in, so I'm really grateful for that, so welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you. Yes, let's have a deep dive into into everything. So uh, for those who might not know you, uh, how would you describe Sam like? Who is Sam? (laughs) That's always like the funniest question to answer because I'm like, I'm everything. Uh (laughs) We're we're everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, um, but I, I think like the first word that comes to mind is um like multi-passionate but just like passionate generally like I the things that I love like I really love and the the thing that keeps me kind of going is this passion for life and is this um kind of like determination to find the things or the people or the experiences Mm. or the foods or whatever that just are so enjoyable um I, I just love feeling good. And it's not to say that, um, Mm. I don't feel the, feel the not good things, but I do know this feeling of feeling just like alive. And, um, I think, I think that's it is like this, this energy. Mm -hmm. And once you get to know this feeling, it's like, I need more of that. And let me discover where else can I get it from. Right. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it can stem from also, you know, the past that you haven't felt this way and maybe you were keeping yourself small and you didn't have this joy and fulfillment in life. So what would you say, um, how was your upbringing like? Uh, what's your cultural kind of background? What shaped you? Yeah. Um, so I think like, you know, oh, we could talk about this for so long, but <laughs> the, the thing that comes to mind, like, that I think would be the most valuable to talk about today is um, I grew up with like a really, really, really supportive, loving, attentive mom. Mm. And I grew up with um, a dad who had PTSD, undiagnosed ADHD. Um, He just had like a lot, you know, he had a lot of stuff that he didn't know about or how to manage or whatever. And so that, that really did shape who I am today because I ended up treating myself the way that he treated me. And we've really done a lot of work to repair our relationship, but, um, and he knows how I feel about the whole situation. So it's not like if he listened to this, he would be surprised. (laughs) It's more just like, you know, he was such a perfectionist. He was such a control freak. And Mm -hmm. so growing up, like I, became such a control freak. I became such a perfectionist. I um, didn't have opinions. Like I was indecisive. Mm. Like there was so many, there's so many pieces um, that shaped me, but, you know, I was a dancer growing up. And I think this is like a huge part of my story. Um, I had always felt different. Like I always felt like I didn't fit in or there was just something like wrong with me, like mm. something that just felt off. Um, and I grew, went through my whole childhood feeling like that of like, what's wrong with me? Or like, how do I get them to like me? Or, you know, like how, how can I fit in here? And that was something like I just desperately craved was this like love and attention. And um, as a dancer, like 
you know, I'm pretty short. I'm like five foot one and I have like more of an athletic build. Like Mm. I don't have like a really small waist and big hips and like, I'm more like, like a square, you know, like a square Mm. build athletic frame. And, but I didn't see any women that modeled that for me. And like my mom had a, so many body image issues. And so I just grew up basically hating my body and that turned into hating myself. And that led me down a path of comparison and depression and anxiety and Mm. like wondering like, what's the point of all of this? Like Mm. if I'm miserable, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like that was, the majority of my childhood I remember mm. like journaling in my room and listening to like you know like like almost like metal or like <laughs> hard rock music just being like fuck the world you know like yeah. I think every every kid goes through that phase but I remember feeling it so intensely mm. and I didn't have the tools to know how to manage those emotions and so it turned into um me either like doing like, like some self-harm or Mm -hmm. like just stuffing my feelings down with food, like just trying to run away from myself. Um, and that was 100% like a pretty good summary of my childhood on the outside. It looked all great. You know, like (laughs) I was, I was doing well in school. Like I was like the star student. Like I was, Mm. I was, I was great on the outside, but inside I was really struggling. Yeah. Which is often something that I come across with people who are doing similar work, you know, who are in this, I don't know, self-development and helping other people is that oftentimes they felt alone and they felt different, but at the end we are all the same and we just have some internal pain and, um, this, you know, outside portrait of ourselves, like the, uh, straight A student and this, you know, happy kid on the outside is often just a protection protection of the pain that we feel on the inside and as you said many people then go into self-harm or they use drugs to numb because they don't know how else to cope or food so you had this whole journey of healing your relationship with food and body as well and as you said you were dancer you didn't have the expanders to see that I can be this beautiful fully curved woman which is completely normal and dance so what helped you the most to to heal this to um to help yourself in this way yeah so it's kind of funny like full circle the thing that healed me was dancing Mm. um but not in the like in the choreographed dance classroom setting in the alone in my room dancing finding emotional freedom that way Mm. um and I I'll say like, I didn't know that dance could be as powerful as it actually is. Like, I didn't know that it was an embodiment practice. I didn't know it could release trauma. Like Mm. I would sometimes be dancing and at the end of it, I would just be bawling my eyes out. And it was like, I was literally releasing stuff from years ago, you know, decades ago, maybe. And when I dance now, which is pretty much daily, um, I feel like alive, but like, mm. I feel so powerful, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm like, I can do anything <laughs> I want, you know, like yeah. all the doubt goes away, all the fear, limitation, self-sabotage, like none of that exists in yeah. that moment of pure freedom and bliss of being in mm. your body. And, um, yeah, I mean, embodiment has been everything for me because I was yeah. so disconnected from my body for yeah. so long. 
Yeah, as many people are, because actually, even I, when I learned that emotions are actually stored in the body, I thought, no, it's just, you know, feelings are in my head, blah, blah, blah. But when I learned that really in my body is when I started doing yoga and all of a sudden I started feeling, oh, I feel this in my body. Oh, this part is tired. This is this. So embodiment is such a beautiful and I think necessary thing to do mm-hmm. to connect back to yourself. Um, but it can be scary as well. Uh, and there can be Probably. definitely resistance because people don't want to feel, you know, um, but whether or not you want to feel, it will still drive your behavior. So better feel it to heal it. Um, <laughs> totally. Definitely. So is dance, uh, how did you come back to it? What was the moment that you knew, oh, this could actually help me? And was it scary to get back into? That's a great question. I mean, I... I've always been a really active person. Like I also have ADHD. So I, mm. I have so much energy that I actually literally need to get it out. Um, and for me, it actually started as a way to regulate my nervous system because I knew like shaking, like, you know, like 90 seconds of shaking can totally reset your nervous system after like either something really traumatic or even just like a place where you get triggered and then like you need to be calm. Yeah, and even a tiny emotion. Yeah. Right. Right. So I remember um, I was living with my fiance. I think it was my boyfriend at the time. Um, <laughs> and something happened between us. And I was like so annoyed. But like in three minutes, I had to lead a coaching call. And I was like fucking fuming. I was so <laughs> mad. And so I was just like, I need to get myself out of this ASAP. And I started shaking and I just started jumping up and down and looking like a crazy person. And you know, a minute in, I was like, oh my God, I'm feeling so much better. And then like yeah. 90 seconds in, I was like, I feel better. And then I led the coaching call very powerfully, like nothing happened. Uh-huh. And it was this micro moment of like, whoa, I don't know what I just did. Cause I didn't know what I did, yeah. you know, it was yeah. just kind of an intuitive thing. Um, I was like, that was cool. And then I started like, I've always been into hot yoga and I started to notice that the more I did hot yoga and the more I danced, the more I would say, turn to food to comfort me, Mm. the more I would, um, actually just like be with the emotions rather than trying to shove them down or over exercising or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, and I start, I just actually started making a practice of dancing because Mm. I, I definitely live in my head a lot. And, um, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to make peace with the fact that I do live in my head a lot. I have a lot of thoughts. I have a lot of mental chatter, but I'm not going to just let that be my story. Mm -hmm. I'm going to practice all these things. I like, I, I need to, you know, because that's where my power really lives. And, um, I mean, to go back to your question, Truly the thing, the catalyst was COVID because I couldn't go to the gym anymore Mm. and over and and exercise my feelings out. And Mm. I had to stay at home. And I was like, what can I do at home? Like I didn't have a home gym. It's like, I can just dance. I can just go to town and this makes me feel better. Mm. And it turned into me teaching it on my, in my community and me practicing Mm. it pretty much daily. Like me sharing it on my stories looking kind of maybe crazy (laughs) sometimes, but like that's just my modality. And it's because it's like, I get, I get restless with seated meditation. I get a little restless with some breath work. And so 
for me, it's like combining mm-hmm. the breath with dance. Like I do breath work while I'm dancing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, this combination has like been so transformative for me. Beautiful. And I'm sure for your community as well. Uh, yeah. What was, let's say, their experience and their feedback from you sharing uh, this beautiful embodiment? Yeah. So um, I was actually really scared to like do it on the calls. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, they're mm-hmm. going to like, why are we dancing? Like, <laughs> you know, like I, it, it kind of just felt like it can't be this fun. It can't be this easy, you know? Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, I'm just going to do one song. I think I like put on Beyonce or something <laughs> and I had them all dance. And I was like, if you want to turn off your camera, you can turn off your camera. Yeah. And we did one song together and I asked them, like, how are you feeling now after we just danced? Yeah. Cause they all came in and they were kind of feeling bleh. Some of them were feeling fine, but mm. most were feeling like bleh and doubt. And everyone was like, I feel free. I feel wild. Mm. I feel amazing. I feel light. <laughs> and I'm like, this is the medicine. Yeah. Oh my God. And, and now it's a practice I do yeah. with all my clients. I lead it in my community. I'm like, we got to get out of our head. We got to get back mm-hmm. to our power as women. And it lies like our hips, like our hips. Exactly. Are, oh, <laughs> I know. I know. And it's like connecting back to the feminine, you know, we don't have to be dancing in this, I don't know, some always super sensual way. It can literally be just shaking. And as you said, even what I do with my clients, when we go through emotions and uh, talk about that, I literally jump on the zoom with them and we shake for 90 seconds. Exactly. At first I was like, Oh my God, should I do this? They will think I'm crazy. But I was like, no, it's worth it because I know it fucking works. So let's do it. And yeah, everyone as well was, they were like, Oh my God, it's so easy. And it's so much better than turning to food for, for this release actually, which is not a true release, right? So yeah. no, that's that's beautiful. Yeah. So what other embodiment practices do you uh, swear by? You said dance, uh, what other is uh, essential for you? Yeah, um, I think like for me, something else that I do daily is like um, walking mm. without music or like a podcast, like just focusing on being present while I'm walking. Oh my and, God. That's a big one. I had to learn that too. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, like my fiance and I, we are full-time band lifers and mm. like right now we're touched down in Rhode Island and we're, we're staying with his mom right now. And like, she has this like really expansive backyard. Um, I'm looking at it right now and it's mm-hmm. like, there's all these trees and there's trails and like, I do my best to get out every day in some way, just because nature is so powerful for me like it is so grounding for me Mm. um it makes me feel like a little kid it makes me feel like my wild child can come out Mm -hmm. like it makes me feel connected and because I do have so much energy Mm. I really need to get it out and it doesn't always need to be with like a workout you know it could just be going for a 30 minute walk or something like that but I mean walking has been a really really transformative Mm. tool for me um especially coming out of like an eating disorder, like just moving to feel good and not moving to burn calories. Yeah, exactly. For me as well, for me as well. And what I find with many people is that they, you know, have this preconceived idea that you should be running or doing something like that. But I always say, what are you running away from? First ask Mm -hmm. that question, because I feel like when you're running, 
many people say like it's a meditation for me but is it truly because walking is much slower and it's the low mm. impact you're more in the parasympathetic nervous system rather than you know the fight or flight and as you said like walking without podcast walking without music that was a huge one for me because i was always consuming information and i need to learn this and everyone's doing this but then you can't even integrate so being quiet is so so powerful and you mentioned also your uh hdhd mm-hmm. so and you're quite open about it which is beautiful because i'm sure that you're helping a lot of people who have the same uh yeah. so how does this impact you and does it also give you some superpower yeah um yeah i mean i got diagnosed last september so i was so it's quite born. recent actually yeah mm-hmm. um but like you're born with it it's not something that yeah. you can like acquire right so i lived the first 30 years of my life and i also think that this goes back to what i shared at the beginning of feeling mm. like too much or feeling like mm. i don't fit in it probably was because of that mm. because i didn't think the same way as people i saw things people didn't see i felt things that people didn't mm. see i was very sensitive to rejection um like these are just like some traits of of adhd i couldn't sit still i was literally always doing something and it wasn't because i was trying to escape it was just because that's how my, my brain was wired mm. is like i need stimulation <laughs> um So, yeah, I mean, once I got my diagnosis, I felt very validated because mm. I was like, huh, I'm not broken. Like yeah. it, it gave me a permission slip because it's like, sometimes I would feel like mm. kind of crazy and I would often be like, am I like bipolar? Am I mm. like autistic? Like I literally had these thoughts of like, there has to be something wrong with me. Like there can't not be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like ADHD was never even something that I thought I had until I hired my third team member. And she said to me one time, either like, you know what, have you ever considered that you have ADHD? Or she, she asked me some sort of question and I just never had. And I Googled ADHD mm. symptoms and I was like oh my god like yeah I started crying I definitely mm. like got really emotional because I was just like this is me yeah to a to a point like every single thing and so I took a few tests went to a psychologist um she diagnosed me with severe ADHD and it just gave me this like new understanding of myself in the world that like yeah, I'm not like other people because I'm not. (laughs) And like, there's also a part of my brain that isn't as optimal as someone Mm. that's neurotypical. Like it's why I struggle to always follow through with things, to trust myself, like to stay consistent. Like I got bored so easily and like, I had such a hard time staying accountable to myself and I I didn't know why, like Mm. I just couldn't get myself to do shit. So I think getting the diagnosis for me was really important to just kind of give me a permission slip to be Mm. myself. Um, but since opening up about it and like, I really don't see it as something to be ashamed of. Like I never have, I was just like, Oh, cool. Here's this thing. Like I, that's just me. I'm unique. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I know a lot of people can be scared about it or be like, what does this mean for me? Mm. Or, 
but I, the way I saw it was like, I've already existed 30 years of my life and I've been fine. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously like there's been, there's been shit, but like, it doesn't mean anything unless I make it mean something. And so in my mind, I was just very aware of not starting to let myself off the hook Mm -hmm. because I could blame ADHD to be like, oh, I'm just this because of my brain. You know, I can laugh about it obviously, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to fall into the narrative of like, yeah, I just can't follow through because ADHD. Like I was like, no, because I have followed through on things. I just require probably like more accountability, more investing Mm. in myself, like someone to really like hold my hand. Um, And that's okay. Like I own that now, but now I do see it as a superpower. And I also see it as like, this fucking sucks. Like it's both, Mm. you know, it's both because I can't just like, I can't just start one thing and finish it. (laughs) Like last night, funny story, like just to anchor it in, like Kurt asked me, my fiance, he asked me, Hey, can you grab me the Oreos? Which were in the kitchen, which were Mm -hmm. like eight steps away from where we were sitting. (laughs) Somehow (laughs) I went to the kitchen, grabbed the Oreos, did the dishes, found some laundry, started laundry, went in the bedroom, <laughs> picked up the towel, grabbed some incense, forgot what I was doing, and realized Kurt asked me to get Oreos. And like <laughs> five minutes later, I come yeah. back and I was like, here's the Oreos. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that yeah. was such a moment. And that's how my brain feels most yeah. of the time is like, yeah. I could have these grandiose plans for my business or mm. for myself. And until I forget about them mm-hmm. until they're just out of sight, out of mind. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's where it's kind of annoying and it sucks and definitely mm-hmm. sabotages me, but it's a beautiful thing in that I am so creative. I work very, very fast. Um, something that could take people weeks. It could take me 20 minutes. Like yeah. When I am when I am focused and I'm like in hyper focus mode, I can get shit done very quickly. Yeah. yeah. Um and I I deeply trust that part of myself. That's like, no, I'm not gonna create this whole thing when I could just wait till the last minute and bust it out because I know that I can do it really quickly. Yeah. And um, I'm like, it's not procrastination, it's just how I work. Like I need that pressure. That's where I thrive and actually create my best work. So I'm just gonna yeah to that (laughs) yeah it's just the permission you know to be yourself and it's beautiful what you said that you didn't take like say the diagnosis um as something to of course it like defines you and helped you to understand who you are and that that's okay that you're not broken you don't have to constantly fix yourself but at the same time Mm -hmm. many people might um in your case you know go into the victimhood and i'm Mm -hmm. like this so you know you can't expect me to do this but you took it because of your self-awareness and probably also because you're you have some ambitions um you took it also as a okay I just need to be aware and how can I actually use this diagnosis to help me go through life and maybe be more compassionate towards myself as well at the same time Mm -hmm. so yeah that's uh that's really beautiful and seeing it as superpower and I often feel like people, yeah, as you said, not putting the pressure on yourself that I have to be working in this way because everyone else is working that way. 
F that because we all have different energies, you know. Uh, yeah. So let's just be ourselves and not to beat ourselves for that. So, for those who have uh, HDHD, what would you what would you want them to know? Yeah, I mean that there's other people out there that are like you, and mm-hmm. you know, the moment I opened up about it, I had no like, I how do I say this like. I shared it because it just felt like it's the only thing I could share on my social media. It, mm-hmm. it consumed the shit out of me. I was just like, this is going to change the entire trajectory of my life knowing mm-hmm. this. And I just, I needed to find other like-minded people. And the moment I opened up about it, I swear, like people came out of the word work, old mm-hmm. clients, current clients were like, I think I have it or I have it or, oh my God, thank you so much for sharing that. Like you can be really successful and make a lot of money and have ADHD. And like, cause I, I mean, that's a huge, huge, huge struggle for people with ADHD is starting things, not finishing them or starting yeah. businesses and letting them fail. Like I'm in a Facebook group right now with like, I don't know, 20,000 ADHD entrepreneurs. And that's like the most common conversation mm-hmm. is like, I've, I failed another business again. I failed another business again. I fail. And it's like, there's, if I could, if I could build a multi six figure business with ADHD, then Mm. so can you. And I didn't even know I had it. Right. So I think that's, that's probably part of it. I wasn't in my head about it, Mm. but I think if you do have it, first of all, number one is seek out like-minded people. Come follow me. Like I talk about it a lot. Um, find other women. If you're a woman, men, if you're a man, like however you identify, find other people that are like you go on Facebook groups, you know, search the hashtag. Like there are so many people that are talking about this that will release all shame from you so that you can, instead of, instead of trying to hide it or feel ashamed about it, you can take that energy and put it in creating solutions for yourself. You can feel like you aren't too much or you're not too passionate or you're not super like annoying. You know, that's something for a lot of ADHD years. Mm. Um, no, it's like, you just haven't found the people that make you feel normal. Cause they also are that way too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that's been the most empowering thing is talking to other people that are like me. So you don't have to explain yourself. You yeah. just get to show up. Just the power of community, just not feeling alone and, you know, uh, weird or different. Yeah. That's, uh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Before you were diagnosed and even like throughout, you were helping women to heal their relationship with food and body, something that you've been, uh, you went through basically in the past, how did this diagnose and, um, other, you know, as you said, even dancing more throughout the pandemic, how did that shift your, let's say mission of your business? And what, what would you say is now your sole, uh, purpose? How would you describe this season for your life? Mm, yeah this season feels very like the word that just came up is like exploratory mm-hmm. because it almost feels like I'm starting over like I feel like I just had a really big death and a rebirth mm-hmm. and I mean it's also springtime but yeah <laughs> it it I mean yeah like I what what I've been really seeing is that 
especially with social media, like I've been on social media for business or at least for coaching since 2016, 2017, um, before the industry was like popping. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say, and it's not that there wasn't that much competition, but there wasn't that much competition, Mm. you know, it existed. Um, but there wasn't much to compare yourself to. Mm -hmm. And I know that I really like, I can just fall into that comparison trap so easily, um, and be like, oh, I should do that. Or, oh, I should do that. And it's kind of this like shiny object syndrome. And I think really my mission has evolved into giving permission to women to do things their way, like to find the way that makes them feel good, you know, Mm. and really prioritizing their pleasure, prioritizing. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Like, if that sounds awful, don't do it. Mm. You know, I've had that, I've had that plenty of times where I'm like, I don't want to have to whatever the thing is. Like, I don't want to have to have a 10 day challenge in my business. Like I just want to get straight to the point, Hmm. but I felt like, oh, but I should do this because this coach told me this and this thing, and I'm seeing this and, uh, when all along I should have just trusted my intuition. Mm -hmm. And so that's really like what I've been so passionate about is helping women connect back to their body, connect back to their intuition, connect back to what actually is bringing them joy. Like, getting into alignment, like this could mean anything from, you know, I've had a bunch of clients just leave marriages of 20, 30 years. I've had um, people break up with their partners, not even because it's necessarily toxic, but because it's not like a full body fuck yes. Yes. And, and that's the life I'm committed to living and I'm living. And that's the life I just want for other women because I'm like, you can feel this it is so possible for you. Like if I was in this deep depression and like having suicidal thoughts and now I'm living this way, I'm living in a van. I have like an amazing fiance, a dog, a business, friends, exact, et cetera. Like you can too. And whether that's, you know, creating a body that you feel better in, whether that's Mm -hmm. creating a business that you really love that lights you up and energizes you, finding a partner that really actually sees you and loves you and accepts you. Like Whatever that part of your life is, like, that's what I'm so committed to in my own life is like constantly being like, how can it get better? How can it get better? How can it get better? Mm -hmm. And it just showing women like, don't settle, don't settle. You get one life, like, do not settle. You do deserve it. You are worth it. Like your desires are there for a reason. You're not crazy. Like Mm -hmm. this is the shit you were made for. And we need women to feel good, to be in their mm-hmm. power because they have gifts and they're yeah. not going to share their gifts if they feel like shit, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to share their gifts if they're in shame or if they're in mediocre, like, meh, you know, just like yeah. getting by survival mode. Like I want to feel them feeling alive. Cause that's where we yeah. really change the planet. Exactly. And I often feel like all this old narrative, you know, and focus on the body and diets and how, um, how women should look it just really took away our energy and uh really concentration on what we can do in the world and really kept us small like it really shrank us um so yeah let's get let's get big and bigger and live our our lives um and why do you why would you say that people and women especially as well um settle what do you find to be the most common let's say traits yeah. I mean, I think 
there's so many reasons why this could be the case. Like one is like, they just don't think they could find anything better. Like mm. it's like scarcity, you know, it's like, oh, like, I don't know if anything actually out there exists, mm. you know, kind of this like, eh, this is good enough. Um, two, it could be just like watching your parents or caregivers, like, just settle, right? If your parents had a, um, maybe not the best relationship or you watched your mom go through stuff or you watched your dad go through stuff and you're just subconsciously living out those patterns and loops. Um, you know, our subconscious is really formed from zero to seven anyways. And it's like, that's where your, your brain's a sponge. So if you were witnessing your mom settle for less or your dad settle for less, mostly for women, it would be like what Mm. your mom's situation is like a lot of, your relationship with yourself and your body comes from your mom. And so if you watched your mom constantly criticizing yourself in the mirror or saying like, Oh, forget it, you know, like not actually speaking Mm. your truth, then, then you will too. And it's about actually, you know, becoming self-aware of what are these patterns that I'm picking up from my mom or my childhood or my grandmother or whatever, like what fears and beliefs have I adopted that actually aren't mine. And that also goes into just society, like Mm. societal norms of what a woman should be like, look like, act like, which emotions are okay for her to feel, you know, which hobbies are okay for her to do, like all the things that are just like, what? Like says who, you know, like (laughs) who, who created this? And, um, I think the moment that we can actually break free of those constructs, break free of the patriarchal systems that are keeping women small and oppressed, like to break free of the rules, like then you can actually be yourself because who, who made the rules, you know, like that's, that's always the crazy thing is like, we want to fit in, like we want to fit into what, what are we fitting into? Everyone wants to fit in, but to what, like everyone wants to follow the rules, but like to obey who, like who made these rules? Exactly. And it's like, fuck that shit. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to live a life that is realistic. I don't want to live a life that like is the definition of success for society. Like I don't need a white picket fence. I don't need the big house. I don't need all the things. I don't need the bougie bags. Like yeah. that's not me. Like I need a lot of nature, uh, like a lot of sunlight, like <laughs> experiences, like delicious food, like comfortable, sexy clothes, like lingerie, yeah. like I don't need that much, but that's my version of feeling alive, you know? And so I think it's really helping women identify like what is their vision of success or their vision of their dream life, not their fiancés, their husbands, their boyfriends, their moms, their dads, societies, like what's actually, what do they actually want? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just like the body. What is the, what does your body look like? Right. When you were talking about fitting in, I, remember this moment in my life when I got really fed up with trying to fit in my fucking jeans, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I got this, I don't know, remembrance or thought at the time, like, well, in the past, we actually like the clothes used to be tailored to our bodies. We weren't supposed to fit it in. It was tailored on us. And now mm. because of globalization and because they need to mass produce we are to fit into an average something and each brand has it different as well if this I don't want this and it yeah it comes back not only yeah to the body but it's 
usually where it starts, you know, with women, body, weight, blah, blah, blah. But once you accept that you are really unique and what truly your version of your perfect life is, that's where the magic happens. And as you said, it's about helping people get back to intuition and joy. So what helped you and what can you help others with getting back to their intuition and joy to their own unique, let's say, authentic code? Mm. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I've always been very intuitive. I just didn't realize it. Mm. You know, we all are. We all are very intuitive. It's just sometimes we shut off to it because we can be taught to not trust ourselves or to always have to ask somebody for like, what should I do? You know, like they're, they've disconnected. So I think number one is actually like, I think that one of the biggest tools for me has been mirror work, actually, mm-hmm. like looking at myself in the mirror a lot <laughs> and noticing, huh, what do I actually say to myself? Like really being aware of my inner critic, naming her, her name's Philip, mm-hmm. Phyllis. Um, and she's Mine just like, Karen. <laughs> yeah, Karen. Of course it is. Of course, Karen, Karen and Phyllis are hanging out, talking smack. Yeah. Um, And it's like choosing to not listen to her, like inviting her in. Like, thanks so much for telling me I look ugly today. Mm -hmm. I'm just not going to choose to listen to you, Phyllis, you know, and kind of making light of it. And I think that's one thing is like, we can't hear our intuition if we're not in our bodies, Mm. you know, if we're not creating space to be, to like be Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, for me, it actually takes a lot of effort to not do things because I love mm-hmm. doing. So, I mean, yeah, nature walks, that's a really powerful time for me to receive guidance. Yeah. Um, laying in bed, self-pleasure practices, mm-hmm. um, laying in nature, like playing with my dog, just like these tasks and things that I'm not trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'm just really in this like receiving mode as like Abraham Hicks talks about, right? She's like, she's like, get into the receiving mode, get into the receiving mode. How do we do that? You need to stop your thoughts. How do we stop our thoughts? Take a nap, meditate, right? Mm -hmm. And that's really the practice is like not attaching on to the Mm -hmm. thoughts, not identifying with the thoughts, noticing them, letting them pass, noticing Mm -hmm. them, letting them pass, noticing them, letting them pass. And when I realized like, wow, I got a lot of stuff happening in my mind, but 90 something percent of it isn't true. (laughs) Like that's kind of crazy. Yeah. From that place, we can start to change. Like Mm -hmm. gotta be aware, but then we actually have to actively change and notice, oh, I just had a thought that came up that said, you're gross and ugly let's just say, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to catch that. I'm going to notice it. I'm going to think it, release it and choose a better feeling thought. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it could just be something like I have a body. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like, I'm beautiful goddess because exactly. we don't believe that. Yeah. Like, but what can you mm-hmm. start to believe? And, and that belief system um, upgrade, I like to call it is like, has probably been my, the biggest mm-hmm. tool in my journey is being the observer of my life being the observer of my thoughts, being the observer of my sensations and emotions mm-hmm. and whatever is happening in my body. So I, I'm not 
letting them dictate my Mm -hmm. reality, dictate my choices, dictate my actions, dictate how I show up in the world. Yeah. So just radical, let's say self-awareness, which, which is so, so key. And what you mentioned is as well that Many people might, you know, look at you or think, oh, she figured it out. You know, she's happy. She accepted her body. But it doesn't mean that you don't have these thoughts. You just don't, you know, decide to act on them. You decide yeah. to act based on Sam rather than Felis, right? So exactly. it's <laughs> even like recovery. It's not that you will not ever have the urge to you know, not emotionally eat or binge or whatever it is. It's that it might come, but you will choose not to do that because you know better. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Even this morning, I had a moment. I looked in the mirror and I was just like, oh, my <laughs> arms. Like I had that. And I literally mm-hmm. was talking to Kurt about it. I'm like, you know, like, I know you think I'm lovely and beautiful and all these things, but some days, like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm so like disappointed in what I see. And I know it's like, we don't see ourselves how we actually are. Mm-hmm. Like we'll never really have that true perspective, but it's really, it's really crazy how you can wake up. It could be a beautiful day. Yeah. Life could be great. You could be eating well. You could be moving your yeah. body, like doing all the things, but you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're just like, fuck, yes. <laughs> you know? And yeah. that literally happened to me today. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, what am I going to do? with that like Mm -hmm. how am I going to move forward and like my approach was like I'm going to put on big ass gold hoops I'm going (laughs) to do my makeup I'm going to like put on clothes that make me feel good you know what I mean Uh like I'm going to do things to just make myself feel better I'm going to get outside and I'm going to stop looking in the mirror and I'm going to just move on with my day yeah because that's not a reason to binge eat or emotionally eat or feel bad about myself or hide on social media or like Mm -hmm. not show up for my peeps you know that's not a reason that's just like a normal brain thought you know brain it's like it's brain junk like it's it's just trash it's it's drama (laughs) it's not useful yeah and taking the power back yeah amen amen to that and uh recently um you know as we were talking about that now you you are trying to help women to see themselves and be themselves and uh feel less small and really come to their power you recently also changed your hair and i know that oftentimes we do these let's say changes as uh yeah when something magical or tragic let's say happens in our life how do you feel about this change and what was the um catalyst for it (laughs) that's a great question um you know consciously didn't do it on purpose like didn't do it because like I was having a big life change or whatever um I think intuitively it's spring I felt Mm -hmm. like I wanted to change and I'm reading um the book pussy I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've read it but if not Not I highly recommend and she taught it's basically all about connecting women to their pleasure and mm-hmm. I'm very passionate about this topic so I was just like oh so great <laughs> and she just talks about how important it is for us as women to feel good mm-hmm. and to look good like if not if we are not taking care of ourselves if we're not waking up in the morning and like moving our body or doing makeup or like whatever makes you feel good you're gonna go through your day not feeling vibrant not mm. feeling really good and um so two reasons I cut my hair one it needed to be cut like (laughs) it was a hot mess um but two 
So I have, I also have OCD and two of the things that come with that, I have two body repetitive, like focus disorders. One is like skin picking and one Mm -hmm. is hair pulling. And these are things I've had forever. Um, I used to think I had acne, but I think truly like I would just randomly have a breakout, but I would pick at it so much that it would Mm. create like a disaster on my face. And with hair pulling, anytime I get stressed or um, even just in certain areas of like my home or certain environments, I'll just pull up my hair literally like one mm. string at a time. And what ends up happening is it creates really weird growth patterns in my hair or like bald spots or like just awkward. Uh, it just looks not good. And so I would always be putting my hair up or um, wearing hats or whatever. And I was just like, I am so sick of this. Like I'm so sick of trying, like having to hide my hair. I'm so sick of, um, like not feeling like as sexy because like my hair is always up in a messy bun and there's nothing wrong Mm. with that. It's just, I know that's not when I envision my highest self, she has like fucking thick, glorious hair and it's down. And she's kind of like in, in Mm -hmm. her wild woman, whether it's short or long, I don't know, but I'm like the highest version of me is not wearing her hair up. Like she's just not. Mm. And so Kurt is like, you know, you look so good with short hair. He's like, I mean, I love you with long hair, but I miss when you had short hair. And so I'm like, you know, I think I'm just going to cut it all off. And he's like, (laughs) do it. And so I did, I just went in and I was like, chop it. Like, let's go. She chopped it all. And I was just like, yes, yes. And I felt lighter. And Kurt was like, oh my God, you look so good with short hair. And I'm like, really? Like, yeah, you look amazing. Like, it's so funny because like my perception is like, it's not what everyone said. Like everyone's like, it Uh looks so good. It's like literally the perfect haircut for you. Like, oh my God, I've never gotten more compliments ever on my hair. And I'm like, wow, it is so nuts how fucked up our perception of ourselves Uh is. Uh Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like how we just see ourselves so differently Uh than Uh Amazing. So now you're just your vibrant self and even closer to your highest, you know, thick hair, even if it's long or short, doesn't matter. Just like your vision, which is beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. It feels good. (laughs) Yeah. And you can, you can really see it because you see it through your energy, you see it through your vibration. So really feeling good and the embodiment and all of that, um, it translates, it's, it's visible. It's, um, it's, then what attracts other people in so that's that's beautiful so before we go into the last segment of this podcast which is my quick fire is there anything else you would like to share to leave people with um yeah any last uh let's say wisdom (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like something just something really really short is um that's coming up is like an exercise to have my clients do that might just be like a really easy thing for everyone listening to do is like make a joy list or a happy Mm. list it's like what actually makes you happy you know and every time I do this list I realize it's really simple things it's it's nature it's my dog it's sunlight it's being tan it's going to the gym it's yoga it's coffee it's Mm. like these moments like these really in between moments it's community hiking, um, all these things. And I'm like, this is what I need to do more. I actually, I don't need to work more. I need to do these things more so that when I'm working, I'm working from a place of like 
my cup is so beyond full that I can pour from that. Um, And just giving women permission to really prioritize their pleasure and their rest and to wear clothes that make you feel good and to Mm -hmm. just take a second and think about how how quickly we rush through these practices, um, through eating, through maybe if you do, like I do like gua sha facial mm-hmm. thing in the morning and at night. And I used to rush through it because I'd be like, oh, got to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, like it feels like one dad's <laughs> like on my face. I'm just like, oh, it feels so good. It's like a face massage. And yeah, the moment we really give ourselves permission, you know, it's like, oh, there's, Mm-hmm. there is something that lights up in our soul yeah. and you don't have to go from zero to a hundred. You don't have to, you know, start taking naps and doing all these things. Just start with one thing, start mm-hmm. with the thing that feels like I've been putting this off and I need to stop. I need mm-hmm. to take a bath. I need to put on makeup in the morning. I need to put on earrings, like whatever it is, mm. start with one thing and like follow that. Cause people yeah. feel that. You know, whether you're calling in a partner or clients or a new job or money or an opportunity, like it's going to come to you faster when you're feeling not when, not because you're feeling good, but because you're in your power. Yeah. And you're also in the receiving mode and something Mm -hmm. you said about the gua sha, I noticed this, that when, whenever I was working out, I was uh, always having, um, I don't know, Netflix on uh, next to it or listening to something and really not paying attention, just getting through it. Also like trying to get to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I stopped doing that and just really noticing and trying to really activate the muscles that I was supposed to. Oh my God, what, what a difference just this presence and mindfulness really has. It's, uh, it's amazing. So yeah, definitely yeah. being more mindful. And I love the practice of making a joyless and happy list. Definitely going to do that tonight. tonight. Yes. <laughs> amazing. So let's do a quick fire. So these are just a few questions. Uh, you can answer. I mean, I say quick fire, but sometimes it's so deep that we go deeper about <laughs> however, however you want it. Um, so what are your daily rituals, your to do's must do's for mm. you to feel good, both mentally and physically? Oh, this is good. Um, well, I thrive with structure and routine. Um, when I don't have it, I fall apart. <laughs> like it's also an ADHD thing. Like we need a lot of structure. Yeah. Um, so I wake up in the morning and I usually like lay in bed and just like visualize my highest self. Like that's something that's really easy for me to do. And I just enjoy having that visual first thing. Um, then I'll get up and I always, I will drink like a big thing of water like this. Like I, mm-hmm however big that is I don't know um big (laughs) um I'll do my gua sha like I love doing that first thing to just like uh, wake up my face um and then I have like a greens powder that I take every morning so I'll drink my green juice then I'll take on my dog um and Kurt and I (laughs) Kurt and I have a practice of doing gratitude but we call it tooties like what are you tooties so So well, yeah, we've, we've been doing that for a little while now. So we'll, we'll do that together in the morning. And then, um, I either will, um, have like, I've been doing like decaf coffee or like dandy tea, mm-hmm. not doing caffeine. I just don't need it. And it fucks up my hormones. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll do coffee and I'll do something else. And, um, then I'll either go to yoga or work out or go for a walk or something. 
um, just to start the day. And then throughout the day, I'll do some sort of journaling or mm-hmm. do listing. Um, always just start, like writing stuff down. There's so much in my brain. I really do have to get it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like for meals, like I'm, I just do my best to sit down and eat. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. just like something is like being present. Like I don't like when, the, like I don't, I'm not on devices when I'm eating. I need yeah. to be like really present and focused. Um, that's not, I mean, it's not to say that I don't do it. It's just the the best version of me would be doing that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> We're all human. You know? We're all yeah. human. <laughs> like yesterday I didn't drink my green juice. I didn't journal. Like it's normal. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of just like sprinkle work throughout the day. I do my most important stuff in the morning. Cause like by noon, I'm already like, mm-hmm. all right, my brain's like, um yeah I'll do a little bit more work and stuff and then um the evenings could look like like Kurt and I try to do dinner together every evening that's just like something for me like we that's an anchor throughout the day that just Mm. like helps us have that connection point and then I'll just hang out I mean it could be anything from like maybe I want to work or drawing or watch a show or um re- I do a lot of reading like mm. yeah that's kind of like what I'll do at night and you know before van life I was a little bit more active in the community like doing things like I would go to dance classes or whatever but on the road obviously we're not doing that so um yeah that's been like uh ooh, what's my evening routine in the van because yeah I don't have like 20 square feet <laughs> so it's like there's not much I can like where I can go <laughs> close but, the door yay yeah. yeah which is like cool Kurt's still there and, our dog and <laughs> yeah oh, amazing yeah what one uh, book podcast or source of information changed your life Ooh. or recently really hyped you up <laughs> yeah yeah um it's a tie I'm gonna give you two um, the, the book pussy literally mm-hmm. has been so powerful for me. Like, it's kind of like the things you already know as a woman, but you've mm-hmm. been forced to not believe. And it's like, oh my God, this is the permission slip. <laughs> um, so I would say that. And then, um, ooh, I think some of the like mentors I have right now mm-hmm. have really, just expanded my consciousness, like just helped me think in ways or giving me permission to just be more of myself. Um, so like our mentor Mel, for sure. Um, I think someone like, uh, I don't know if you know her, Ashay Sundara, like she's really changed my life, Mm -hmm. um, and how she prioritizes pleasure. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's so many, there's so many women that, but I would say those two, Amanda Francis and how Mm -hmm. I think about money, like, they're just women that are so in their power around whatever topic that they talk about, empowering me to be even more in my power. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I find my mentors to be super, super expansive because they just show you, you know, the possibilities, the true expansion. And that's what helps us uh, grow. So that's, uh, that's important. (laughs) I'll put all the resources into the show notes. What one thing, ritual or habit uh, can everyone start doing every day just to feel a little more, let's say, healthy, both physically and mentally? I have to go with dancing. It's easy. 
Yeah. Put on a playlist, shake your body. <laughs> Amazing. Let's do that. <laughs> what one topic or subject would you want to be mandatory in schools? Ooh, this is such a great question because I'm like so passionate about revolutionizing the school system because like what Same. we learn doesn't matter. Oh my God. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think it's like how to take care of yourself, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like just like the basics, how to feel your feelings, like how yeah. to get ready, like how to manage your money, like the yeah. shit that like is important. Yeah. That you need to learn once you get out of school, basically. Yeah. <laughs> how, how do I think actually? What can yeah. I think? It's like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so into it. What would your younger self tell your older self now looking at you? What would she tell you? Oh, I just saw this trend. I think it's like reels or TikTok where it's like X, like 10 year old self would tell me this. Oh, like year old <laughs> self. And I'm like, this is such a great idea. I think that my little self would be like, she would just take such a, a big breath hmm. and be like, I'm so happy that I'm going to feel that good. Hmm. Like that I'm going to like love myself because yeah. I don't right now like as mm. as yeah it, I just don't think I ever I don't think I ever thought I was going to get out of the place I was in feeling mm -hmm. so stuck and feeling so depressed and like full of anxiety and fear mm. and like hopelessness worry like all these things that it's not to say that that doesn't come up now, but I know how to manage them now. Yeah. And I've found myself along the way. Like, so I think she would be just really proud of me for finding out who I am. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still on that journey. We all are, but yeah, I feel much more embodied in who I am. Like mm -hmm. I'm really starting to discover who I am, which is, yeah. is, which really, is really amazing. Cool. Amazing. Yeah. She'd be so proud. And what is the one thing that brings you the most joy um, now? Oh, this is the hardest. I know. Um, <laughs> I think right now it's my dog. Like mm -hmm. he's just the best. And like, just sometimes I look at him <laughs> and I just cry. Like, so <laughs> I'm like, I'm such an empath. Like I'll just like, hug him and I'm just like, heavy, you're the best. I just like, <laughs> I've been kissing like a million times and I'm just like I just love you so much like thank you for being you <laughs> and just that unconditional ball of love like mm. I just love love yeah <laughs> we we all need more love and animals are amazing really um healers as well there are therapies done with animals as well I've heard about those therapies with horses but yeah dogs are just so loyal and faithful and oh, just yeah. love joy so beautiful yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your journey, for being so open and honest and helping so many women. I love uh, following you, being with you in the queendom and learning from you as well. And uh, yeah, where can everyone find you if they want to, you know, stop settling and just become their embodied self? Uh, where can everyone find you? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so fun. I love, I love podcasting and having conversations like this with people that I love. Um, yeah, you can find me. I'm mostly on 
Instagram. Um, so that's at Sam Altieri. Um, and then my podcast is the Sam Altieri show. So we talk about all the things that we're talking about here, but in depth. Um, and yeah, if you want to head to my, my website is same thing, samaltieri.com. So you can check that out. I'll put it into show notes. Yeah. For everyone to find. So thank you so much. Thank you everyone for listening. And uh, Sam, once again, thank you. And can't wait to be witness of your journey and amazingness. (gasps) Thanks, Clean. Yeah, I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.